Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Hello everyone, welcome to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Um, today I'm very happy to be with Guillaume Jamais. Uh, Guillaume Jamais is the managing director at CWF, and he'll get to give you more information about that, but he is an expert in the children's wear industry. Guillaume, uh, merci beaucoup d'être venu aujourd'hui. Very happy to chat with you. Avec plaisir. Thank you very much, uh, Ryan, and all the listeners. Thanks for being here. Guillaume, I, I guess just to get started, can you give a brief background about yourself so the listeners know who you are? Yes, I'm French, as my name might suggest, <laughs> you know, suggest and, and give it away, and my accent second. So I'm French. I've been uh, living in the U.S. for 20 years now, uh, working in fashion the whole time, always for European brands, and I kind of built and enjoyed working for the past many, many years in that field, bringing these European brands, the savoir-faire, the know-how, the culture and the style of European fashion uh, in the U.S. I've dealt with uh, many different aspects or categories. I've worked in uh, women's fashion. I've worked in men's fashion, accessories, and now in children's wear. You know, can you just briefly describe, you know, because I know when you came to the U.S., you, you helped St. Saint James and also Desigual. Can you give practices about brand management in the U.S. and how it might differ elsewhere? How it might differ elsewhere is going to be difficult since I, I've only worked in the U.S., <laughs> That's true. but specifically working with European brands, it's very important for, for every brand I worked with, always insisted on, on staying true to who the brand is. You're bringing a product here, but I think you're also always bringing some of the country Um, that it's from, whether it's France with St. James or, or Spain and Catalonia with the, with Desigual. You're bringing the image of the brand, but you're, you're really bringing the whole country with you when you represent this brand. Um, and I think when you manage this brand, that's something to always keep in mind. People see the brand and, and Europe and the culture as a one thing. And it goes through the way you work. It goes through the way you market the brand. Uh, and I always made sure to keep that as, as a focus when uh, when we work with clients here. And what are some ways to ensure that the DNA and the country of origin always stays true? Is it, it's a, is it being careful about your wholesale selection or what are some strategies to, to stay true to the DNA? It's not one person's work. It's it's the work of, of teams. And I think it's important when you work with the right people, Uh, and you're surrounded by, by people who know what they do, this permeates through the entire company. So you trust your design team and the design team has, you know, a French flair for St. James, a, a Spanish flair for Desigual, and that's within the design. That's something that they bring to it. And then when we market it, we work with the stores, in, whether it's in visual merchandising, we work with marketing team, to also bring part of that brand DNA and culture DNA from, from where the brand originates from, which very often explain some of the design and helps you market it here because you're looking for a client who might sometimes fall in love with one design, one piece, but really the goal is to fall in love with what the brand represents. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point, actually, which I never thought of because it's, It is the team effort and the communication to your retail partners in the marketing so that they can really understand the story, like you mentioned. Absolutely. Thanks for, 
Yeah, thank you for mentioning that, Kim. And I do now want to chat about CWF, and I know that you know if someone doesn't you know what know who CWF is. Once you give an explanation, I'm sure they'll recognize a lot of the people that you work with. But can you um, share who CWF is? Absolutely. Well, we we like to be discreet, so some people might <laughs> never have heard of us, at least not directly. Um, CWF is, is a company that uh, was founded in 1965 uh, under a different name at the time. It was called Albert, Albert SA in France. Um, it's a company that uh, was manufacturing, designing, manufacturing and selling children's clothing uh, under their own brands for 30 years. And then in the mid-90s, 1995, the, the company, after having gained an expertise in the, the children's wear market, decided that the right move for the future was to bring our expertise, our savoir-faire to international brands under uh, under franchise. So we decided to go speak to other major brands. And the first one that believed in us and that worked with us and still works with us to this day is DKNY. And DKNY is originally not a children's brand. And that's what CWF brings. We have people that are leaving, breathing children's wear and that are able to work with the brands we partner with to capture the DNA, the history of the brand, and are able to translate it into a children's wear collection, which, you know, it's not always easy. Uh, people talk a lot of minimis today where you take something that's in the adult collection, you make it in the children. And that's great. That's something you, you need to have in your collection that's very popular. But a collection is still... 350 styles every season. Yeah. So you can't just copy and make it mini. And so that's our expertise. That's really taking from those brands and, and translating it into a children's wear so that it doesn't look like anybody else, but it still looks like what the adult and the designer had in mind um, with their brand. And so that's something we started in 1995, as I said, with DKNY. Today, we work with 16 brands. I can uh, quickly name them yeah. all because uh, I, I would feel bad if I forget <laughs> one of them. And I apologize. I'm, I'm looking for my list. I'm gonna I'm gonna name them in alphabetical order because that's a little easier. So the first one is is Aigle today. That's a French company that um, has been in existence for over a century. That was specialized in making boots. Now we we do the children's children's wear collection. We have Paul Smith Jr. Kenzo Kids, Lanvin, Billy Blush, Hugo Boss, Carré Mambo, Charabia, Chloe, DKNY, Givenchy, Carl Lagerfeld Kids, The Mark Jacobs, Timberland, Zadig and Voltaire. And we have one more, which was we were planning on officially unveiling next year. Um, it's Michael Kors. Uh, I'm just naming it because uh, it kind of leaked already. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, public. <laughs> so, so it's okay to mention it. Uh, we're launching Michael Kors Kids for Fall Winter 22. Um, so as you can see, we're we're really focused on, on premium and luxury brands. And we're really happy to work with all these brands with their design teams in making the children's collection alive and fit in the entire brand. Uh, and that's, I think, one of the strength of CWF is we know children's wear from the conception, the design, all the way to the retail. Um, we manage everything uh, from conception to retail. 
So we have a very, very good understanding of that market. And I think it's a strength also for us. We, for each brand we work with, we have dedicated team. So we obviously share some resources, but each brand we work with, we have, you know, a team of designers, a production team. They're all working on that one brand only. Um, and it's very important for us to also retain all the needs and the DNA and, and the history and the culture of each brand we work with. Yeah, it goes back to what you said earlier in that, like you mentioned, to retain the culture and the DNA of the brand, and that's what you do. And, and the mini me's, it's, it's, that's a brand can not really create a collection. Like you said, it's so many SKUs that they need. Yes. Uh, so it's a great way to, for the brand to not only expand who they are, but also have more brand loyalty because the children who are wearing, let's say, Ken, the parents who are wearing Kenzo can now buy, you know, their children Kenzo. And I didn't know the CWF was in existence for that long. So that's congrats on, you know, their continued success. So that's amazing to see. It is an amazing story. Yes. If someone didn't know who's, you know, who CWF was, I'm sure they recognized most of the brands that, yes. <laughs> that and, you guys partner with. And it's a good thing people don't know who we are because um, we're here to serve the brand we work with. We're in the background. You've heard about, I believe, most, if not all of the brands I named. Yeah. Um, and it's a great thing you haven't heard about us. <laughs> that means, <laughs> sure, that, that means yeah, people the don't, the brand, so. <laughs> exactly. Um, that means people don't notice that that we're helping these brands with their children's collection. They all consider that's one brand. Yeah, exa- exactly. And then it stays true. So that, but I do want to also mention what's great about CWF is like I think you guys also have a website, but it's not under CWF. But you have kids around the world. Is it, that's under CW. You guys created that as well. So that's um, another. Well, you're, you're, you're talking about kidsaround.com. Um, yes. Yes. It's so it's kidsaround.com and it is our uh, e-commerce website where we, we do feature a lot of the brands we work with on that site. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think it's great that you guys have that element that's not the same name. So, um, it, it keeps that separation and it's another channel, um, yes. discovery at the same Absolutely. time. You mentioned your experience in women's wear and men's wear. What are the biggest differences you've noticed with the children's wear industry? Because it's completely not the same just in terms of the scheduling and in terms of, you know, when the hot times are. There are many differences. You know, some of them I'm I'm involved with, some of them are not. Um, but, for example, if you think about the beginning just from a design perspective, something I'm I'm not a designer, so I'm, I'm not necessarily involved in that, but... You know, the designers work with with a much larger depth in, in sizing and collections. Uh, you're talking about men. You're talking about small, medium, large, extra large, uh, maybe yeah. a couple of other sizes. Children, you're, you're talking about first there's three ranges. You have newborns, then you have toddlers, then you have kids. And then within the newborn, you have size newborn to size 18, 24 month old. And then you have toddlers that's two years to four years old six years old and then kids from six to 16 so the 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 range of sizes for the designer for is incredible to work with and it it takes you know i give them props because when you work at, at a smaller scale like this it takes skills to make everything fits correctly and to design these styles to work whether it's it's for a newborn or well, usually from newborn to 16, the style changes, but, you know, you, you have to have that collection that uh, appeals to the client for all these ages. 
uh, and that's a very difficult job. I think that they're they're doing a stellar job at it, but uh, I'm sure it's not that easy. If you look more on the commercial side, uh, yes, the biggest difference you mentioned it earlier. You know, it's calendar. Um, we're we're usually ahead of women or men's calendar. Uh, we place order earlier. I mean, our clients place order earlier. We manufacture earlier. We ship earlier. And the retail calendar is different too because the important moments of the year are different in the kids' market. So newborn is easy. It's all the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, after that, you know, for for certain sizes, back to school is, is a big moment of the year. So that means August is a very important selling period for us. Um, the holidays are important selling period as well. But, yeah, there are differences between um, les temps forts, as we say in French, uh, of the season for kids. I like your point about the, the size ranges because that is true. You know, you have the newborns and then you have, like you mentioned, like the kids and then and the toddlers. That's that and that requires then more skews and skews yes. for that just to even have a different design focus because the newborn's not going to. The yeah. design's going to be completely different. <laughs> and one difference I didn't mention, but that also involves our, our designer and production teams are our safety requirements. You have to keep in mind when you're designing clothes for young children, uh, you know, all the safety requirements around the world, um, they might be different by countries. They're different by state, even in the U.S., about the type of material you can use, the type of finishes, the the type of detail. Um, you know, you can't put a drawstring on, on something for a baby. Um, the size of the buttons, how they're attached. Um, is is it flammable or not? You You have to pay attention to all of that within our collections, which I think is something that's not as uh, important in the women or men's world. I mean, nobody puts a button on the men's shirt thinking, what if a man swallows it? Like, <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> that, that, that is 100% true. And then one thing I, you know, I, I spoke about the design. I spoke about the the wholesale or selling aspect where the calendar is different. Um, if you think about retail, also one big difference is often – the final consumer in kids is is not the buyer. Um, you know, every, kids now make their decisions, maybe starting around eight, ten years old. Mm -hmm. But everything under that, usually, it's it's the parents make the decision. So we're designing clothes to be worn by people who are not the decision maker in the purchase, and that's a big difference in retail. Good point, Kim. I do now want to chat about just the title of the podcast, but some rants and raves. Do you have mm -hmm. anything that you're excited or frustrated about or that you won't rant or rave about? You don't have to do both. You know, we can stay positive or we can, well, or we can do both. <laughs> Up to you. Well, plus, I know the, pod, the podcast is called Rants or Raves, so I guess I, I have to find something to say. But sure, I'll, I'll find a rant that, that's unrelated to my industry, but... <laughs> um, I can't wait to have in-person meetings, trade shows. Uh, you know, I, my rant is, when can I get off Teams? <laughs> I, I find it's extremely effective for, for certain type of meetings, but I, I do miss now the in-person fairs, the excitement, discovering so many brands yeah. in one space. Uh, I think it's amazing. It's uh, on the creative side. It's great to be able to see what other people do. There's an energy to it that I miss. Um, if you had asked me that question three years ago, I would have said a rant is I'm tired of going to trade shows. I'm always on the road. I, now I miss it. <laughs> so it's a reverse situation. 
Um, but you know, and a rave, if I go back to the industry and to, to children's wear, uh, and fashion in general, uh, I think it's amazing to, to be part of an industry where we have people from all paths of life and you can interact with a very creative, with a creative designer, a creative team in the morning and you interact with marketing people or, or salespeople and, people looking at sell-through and stores in the afternoon. I love that part of the industry where I'm switching from discussing with, with people that are, you know, dreaming things. Yeah. Um, and I admire that um, to having discussions about, you know, financial P&Ls and things like that. And I think that's not something you have an opportunity to do in every job. And that's definitely one of my favorite things of the fashion industry. It's a good left brain, right, right brain, you know, balance th- th- throughout the day. Uh, and I, I agree, you know, I do miss meeting people in person and that, I think that gives a lot more energy than I think Zoom fatigue and, or Teams fatigue is, is true because you don't get that, um, energy from just chatting with someone else and it's, it's just something lost. Um, yes. But at least New York is coming back. I mean, more people are open. Have you found that more people are open to start meet coming? You know, to see the collection in person in yeah, lieu of... It looks like the, I believe the collections for Fall 22, more and more people are starting to, I don't know if it's be willing or be allowed, but more and more people are, are saying they will do in-person appointments. Um, people are asking questions about markets and trade shows. So, you know, it's it's going to come back to a balance. There are many things you can do online and save time, but I think people miss the, as you said, the energy that you have when you're in person, bouncing ideas, exchanging, talking about the business. It's different in person and I think it's it's coming back for two thousand twenty two. Yeah. I, I think I think so. It it's it seems like I think even if you see just the mindset of individuals in New York, like the subway's packed again, it's yes. people are going back to the office and it, it's uh, there's a line there's a line at a, a certain famous coffee chain. Uh <laughs> you know yes. to, Six months ago, you would you would walk in the coffee shop, you would be alone, and now you have to wait another twenty minutes just to get to the the register. So it's coming back. <laughs> the, the, the coffee is a sure sign in the morning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that people are back. Um, now we should chat about my my great employer, Quebec, and I know you have a great deal of experience there. Can you? I think you lived there, if I'm not mistaken, from our conversations. But can you just describe Quebec, Montreal, or anything you want to say about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't lived there. Um, I've had family that lived there for a yes. while uh, in Saint-Agathe, Saint-Agathe-des-Monts. Yes. Um, so I am familiar with Quebec. I, I visited, uh, you know, Quebec City. I visited Montreal many times and, and a lot of the cities around there. It, it's an area I love because for me, coming from, from France, Quebec is, is a perfect blend of a European heritage and, and an American mindset and efficiency as well it, it's uh, i really feel good when i'm in quebec plus it's obviously it's beautiful uh hope you know i think some of your most of your listeners hopefully have visited before but beautiful outside at, of the cities uh and montreal is is the energy is is great i i love the old montreal that's my favorite part of town these cobblestones the little cafe and i guess that's the yeah. european in me that that enjoys that part uh, but I find the people are also so warm and welcoming. 
It's one of the cities I can't wait to to travel back to because um, we were talking about trade shows earlier. You know, the uh, you have the usual suspects, Las Vegas, and uh, for example, where you go to a trade show, you go to a trade show. That's uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Montreal is much more than that. When when you go work there, for me, it's uh, it's relaxing at the same time. I don't know. I don't know how to really explain it. Um, but well, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a city I love visiting and, and very active with all the festival um, that you have, the jazz festival, the, fe- the comedy festival, the, the sailing boat festival in the summer. I mean, it's 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 amazing for me to have all these this culture and these activities there. Yeah, no, and, then, and I'm so happy you enjoy the city. And what I will say to those who don't speak French in Montreal, which I think you could support me in this, is, is bilingual as well. So you don't. You know, if someone doesn't speak French, they won't feel out of place. I think, which is a great other attribute that the city has. And yes. um, and in terms of like you mentioned with trade shows and like going, you know, Vegas, like you know, of course, I've I've had my fair share of going to those trade shows. It's just more of a monster. And and, and Vegas isn't. It's not really. There's. It's not really cultural. You know, it's not. You don't go to Vegas to. You go to Vegas. People do usually go to Vegas sure. to gamble or, or to yes. see shows. Um, I think Montreal has a character to it, whereas Vegas is more artificial as a character. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Vegas trade shows in Vegas are about business and and some connection. I think Montreal. I've never been working there without spending a lot of time visiting the city with with clients or partners there and enjoying the restaurants and the life there as well. So yeah. it's a good mix of work and pleasure. And and I think a positive too about just just talk business wise with you know w- with the province of Quebec you know I'm, I'm happy that you know CWF does and you in your past have worked with many Quebec companies like you, know, you guys work with Essence which is great and I and I know you've also worked with Claymont in the past when I think it was at St James working with Claymont but in the past I, with, with Desigual I worked with, with Desigual um, but um, yes Quebec, and that's what's amazing about Quebec and I think a lot of people don't realize is the the energy. And the amazing companies that you have there. A lot of people don't suspect it. They see these big international brands and nobody suspect the attractivity and, and the, um, I'm looking at the energy, <laughs> looking for my word, the energy <laughs> of, uh, of the Quebec uh, industries. Guillaume, what I always like to ask, because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of my listeners are students who are, you know, entering the industry. Um, and then some are those who are, it, it's a, you know, wide audience, but, you know, do you have any advice to those who are currently in the industry or those who want to enter the industry about any experience that you have? Because um, it, sometimes it's a challenging industry, I even think, just to comprehend and get into. To answer directly what you just said, I think, you know, enter it and learn. Um, I said earlier, for me, one of the joys I have is working left brain, right brain with creative yeah. people and, 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 and other people more business oriented all day. And I think that's a great thing. We we all have something to bring to that industry, and it's a collective. Like every kind of person is needed for that industry to work, from the creative to the, to to the finance people who look at Excel spreadsheets all day. They all have <laughs> a role to play, and and learn, observe, um, find people to you admire, and and learn from them. Uh, you know, find the role you can play in that industry, and I and then grow with it. I think there are so many amazing brands. Um, with different, you know, different values, different styles that you're bound to find something you like. Yeah. 
uh, and then you find your place there, you learn, and, and I don't know, it's been 20 years, I'm not bored yet, so. Um, that, that's good. Because when you're bored, that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited every morning because there's always something new. I mean, it, it's fashion. It's uh, there's new season. New every every season is new. Every colors changes, style, you know, shapes. Fashion evolves all the time. So it's it's so great because it feels like you're working on something new every day. Well, well, and Guillaume, what you mentioned too as well, it's like you know, they're 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 fashion would offer something for everyone because you know you could identify with the brands. And that yes. would make you excited because if you say this brand stands for X Y Z, I stand for X Y Z. That's a that's a great purpose driven for for them as employee level. Yeah, so. and I, I get you know I, I usually I sometimes I get I introduce to people and I say I work in fashion and and some people reply to me and say oh I'm not a fashionable person and I don't understand that statement because we all have our own styles. Um, yeah. To me, to me, being fashionable is feeling good in what you wear. It's not about the brand. It's not about whether it's what's in fashion right now, according to some magazines or anything. It's if you're wearing something comfortable that you put together, you're fashionable. That's all. I mean, we we could make fashion faux pas. I understand that too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't think there's, there's not being fashionable. Um, you, you can, you can wear, you can make anything look good. Um, if you pay just a little attention, so yeah. I think it's it's a good thing. It's a subjective and an expression of self. That's that's true. That's exactly. true. That's a good point. But Guillaume, this is, this is you know this is all I have for this time. But you know, I'm sure uh, we'll continue our conversation. So merci encore. And um, thanks, yeah. thanks, Ryan. Yeah, and then we'll chat soon. Talk to you soon. Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's rants and raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. A très bientôt.